four, three, two, one. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Going to be here on a Libations Friday, loosey-goosey edition of the program. Appreciate you being with us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew. He's here too. Even when he's not, he's here. I always, I always feel that he's he's there. He's around. He's he can fall back into the trusting arms of Director Matthew. He's got us covered. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. You know, the more I think about this Keon Coleman thing, the more excited I get. I really wanted an established badass to be available in the portal because I knew anybody short of an established, very productive plus-plus player that was in the portal, anybody short of that, we wouldn't we wouldn't bring in. And I understand why. If you're going to upset the potentially upset the apple cart at all, it's got to be for a plug-and-play guy. It's got to be for a guy that makes you better today. Right now, guaranteed. And I think if you get 6-4 that can run, that post 800 yards in that conference with that quarterback, that quarterback, yeah, man, that's a guy. How much better is Keon Coleman when Johnny Wilson's on the other side and Jordan Travis is throwing you passes and you have an established running game? Man, that's a guy that's going to get some one-on-ones is what I'm saying. And an element that we haven't talked about very much, at least to this point, is that Jordan Travis, it would seem, has been trying to cultivate this relationship, trying to make this thing work. So when your Heisman candidate, at least in the preseason odds, he's a top three player in the futures for the Heisman. So when you have this high profile of a quarterback pushing for this relationship to succeed, and to happen and to form and for Keon Coleman to be a seminal, that's a big deal because not only is it the cloud of Jordan Travis, but it's also the leader of the football team saying, we need this. We need this guy. And that's important because he was the one, Jordan Travis was, he went on with EJ Manuel yep. on Sirius XM. Yep. This is before we knew Jaheim Bell was even going to be in the portal, I think, or maybe he was in the portal, but he wasn't tied to Florida State quite yet. But he said, oh, yeah, we've got some people that we're going to bring down here. Jordan has already done this before successfully and brought in a player that helped take this offense from one place to a more versatile, more dangerous place. So we haven't talked about it from the Jordan Travis has clout and he could pull his weight perspective, but that's what's happening here. And, and he's only going to help the cause to be Keon Coleman's next destination. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm very, very, very excited about that. I, I just think that if you look at all the places that he could land, this seems like a, a, an excellent destination. I mean, if I just objectively speaking, you know, having that quarterback reach out to you with the numbers he put up a year ago, knowing that they're better, that offense is better now than it was a year ago, and it was already very, very good. I mean, you're a receiver. You want one-on-one opportunities. You want opportunities to really shine in a uber-productive offense. Well, Florida State's going to have a top-ten offense this year. 
And just start there. They're going and, and now add him, and you might really feel confident it's a top five offense. You might feel confident it's a top five offense before you add him. But you add him, and you don't have to, you know, I don't know the young man's mental makeup. I don't know what kind of a, a personality he is. But I would assume, um, as a receiver who's been very productive and has his skill set, uh, that, you know, he wants to put up numbers, he wants the ball. But, but sometimes it's nice to know that you don't have to be the guy singular. Uh, you don't have to come in and, and be the the sole reason that a team succeeds. You know, a lot of times teams are desperate in the portal or desperate when they're looking at players. Florida State's not desperate. And that, I think, works well in his favor. Uh, have balance. This offense should have balance. And also, by the way, sometimes we forget this part of it. Talk about numbers for players. Who's the quarterback? What's the offensive line situation? What's the outlook for the defense? All these different things. Are they going to win games? Like, if I'm a guy and, I, and I'm transferring to a place, I got to know, are we set to win? I mean, uh, I want to win. I, I, I've been at Michigan State. We didn't do a lot of winning last year. I want to win football games. Yeah, I want my numbers. I want to do well. I'm trying to go to the next level, all of those things. Oh, but Eyes on sets. Mm-hmm. But can I can I win games? Can, are we going to have fun this year? Is it going to be – because football's hard. It's made a lot easier and a lot more fun to, to practice when you're winning games. And the answer is a resounding yes. I mean, they're, they're going to win. It's a question of now, how much do they win? That's all we ever ask anymore. How much do they win? Do they win 11 games? Win 12 games? When we say 10, we sound disappointed. They win 10 games? Uh. Well, the other part of the equation is, you know, the coaching staff has been very good about this. They've been open about it. We've talked about it, I think, at spring camp luncheon. And that's how they vet the fit, how they vet the player. Now, this is a skill set that most certainly would upgrade the receiver room. It would most certainly upgrade the offense. But Mike Norvell, the coordinators, are very aggressive about trying to make sure and pushing these players to understand that you're coming here to be a part of a process. You're not coming here to get an easier ride than maybe some of your counterparts that aren't as talented as you are. They want to make yeah. sure that you can fit the locker room and not implode it. So I think that's the last step here. Of course, Keon has to want to come, but, and that's you know up to him. But I, I don't think we're going to make an awful pitch here. I think we're making a very compelling pitch at Florida State in this time, in this offseason, with a group like the Battle's End. I think we're in a good position to land his services, but you got to have the okay from the head coach and the coordinator too. This has to be a personality fit. Yeah, without question. And we now will find out whether or not that is answered with the affirmative. And if it, you know, I, I think the other part of that, Tom, is if it isn't, if he's not a fit, if for some reason we're not interested, clearly we are. He wouldn't be coming on a visit if we weren't interested, but maybe after the visit we're not. I don't, I don't know. If that's the case, at the very least you can fall back on, well, this is a proven process of vetting. Uh, they, they've been right a lot more than they've been wrong, and they've really been able to cultivate something pretty special in that locker room. So whatever parameters they're utilizing, and we know because we've talked to the coaches about this, they've been the right ones. If the guy didn't come, then maybe he just didn't need to be here. It's kind of the way you look at that. Well, it's not like you got nothing behind him. It's just when it comes to proven Power 5 production, you don't have as much. This would be an upgrade in that arena. He's got a skill set that it looks like is as good, if not better, than most options that we have on this roster when you combine how old he is. 
But if it doesn't work out, man, it's not like the cupboard's empty like it was three football seasons ago. Yeah. You don't have a single guy who can win a one-on-one. You're like, oh, you know, no. Yeah. You've got a lot of guys who can win a one-on-one. Some of them are just less proven than others. Yeah, that was hurtful when that happened. That was that was a toughie. That's the luxury. He is the necessity. Is that fair? Coleman is the luxury. Key is the necessity. Yeah, uh, if not key, somebody. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems to right. be key for sure. But The position, sure, yeah. Yeah, the position is is absolutely a necessity at this point. Um, again, I actually think Shaheem's going to have a big season, but you know he's got to prove it, and it, it is a little uncertain. And you don't have much behind it. You got two starters that you feel good about, and that's it. That's all. And so. Akeem can be up and down as his career has suggested. So that's something that you've seen over the course of his career. Yeah, without question, he has and. He frustrates me. I think at this point with Akeem, you could just say the the overused, it is what it is. But in this case, I think that's true. It just is what it is. He's a guy that is um, a pretty good player, not a great player, has his moments, has never been great. Maybe he proves me wrong. Maybe he comes out and realizes it's now or never. Maybe he something, the light bulb goes off and he finds consistency. That's the biggest problem with Akeem. He has a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. Sometimes you play a game, you don't even know he's out there. I thought he was great in the Miami game two years ago, but the, that's where my mind goes when you say he's never been great. I pull an example immediately. I'm like, oh, I got an example. Well, you know, like one time. But that was 14 games ago, 15 games ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you he's should... been good in others, but I thought that day he had he rose to the level of what is necessary to play that football game against that opponent. He was ready for it. Yeah, you got a, a player who's that experienced, and, and I think, athletically speaking, talented, ought to have a bigger impact to the point where you can't name the singular time he was very good. You know, you, you ought not to be able to do that. You ought to say, well, remember that stretch of four games when he really, maybe maybe his health was in perfect, you know, I, it shouldn't be a situation where you're kind of like, eh, when was the last time yeah. he was really good? Like the Omarian example is to what you're just saying. You know, there's a four-game stretch where you say, yeah, that November, his first year, pretty good football player, very good football player. What gives? And now he's not our problem anymore, and he's not a solution anymore. Yeah, and it's a shame because we didn't think that was going to happen, but it did happen. Still, if at the end of all of this, when we vetted and we say these seven guys left, this is what their roles were going to be or not be based on some of the players, and here's what we did to replace those that would have been part of a rotation in matter. If it's Keon Coleman and it's key just out the gates, and you add one more player, let's say, a defensive end, a linebacker, God forbid, two players, a defensive end and a linebacker, buddy, this will be a raging success through the transfer portal and the NIL going into August, going into the fall, really, fall camp, which – you know, that's going to be – we talked about how much fun spring was for the first time in a long time. Spring was really fun because of uh, the competition and the depth and, and all the things that we were looking for. Fall is going to be fantastic, man. Watching them start to implement this offense with the weapons that they have, and let's say Keon Coleman's part of that, and then and then getting to see the additions that weren't early enrollees that didn't get here in the spring. I mean, you're, you're going to be excited. We're all going to be really excited about what this is and the buildup to – one of the biggest games Florida State's played in eons. I mean, you got to go back a ways. I guess you'd go back to the Alabama game um, when we went up to Atlanta. That was a huge game. Didn't turn out all right because the quarterback got hurt and 
we lost that game, and it ended up kind of being the indicator that we were about to be on a serious decline, but we didn't know it at the time. No, we still had some good football players on that team. We had good football players on that roster. What I'm excited to see in fall camp is the urgency factor. And I'm not talking about the coaching staff sounding, you know, more serious and when they're yeah. barking orders. I'm just saying, who doesn't want to play against LSU on a Sunday night on that roster? They all do. They're all desperate to play in a game like that. If Keon Coleman comes to Florida State, it's because of that game and games like it. The high-profile nature of being able to shine with everybody else tuned in. There is no other game running concurrently to that Sunday night against LSU. The urgency from everyone in every one of those position groups to fight for snaps and fight for reps, that is going to be so prevalent throughout fall camp. You think about the receiver room. Let's say that Keon Coleman's part of the roster. Okay, well, now you have Johnny and Keon. They like to rotate receivers, but those are going to be your two anchors. The fight for the next reps to be the third guy on the field, to be the fourth player on the field, to be the first off the bench, to rotate and play outside, that is going to be vicious. Portier would argue with you. He's going to tell you, I don't care if you're bringing in Keon. I'm going to win that job. Good. He I should. want that. I want that argument. I want that fight. I want all of it. I want guys to not take transfer portal players, grad transfers, whatever it might be. I don't want them to take for granted that that's just a foregone conclusion. doesn't have to be. We're good enough now. There are established enough players to say no and fight it out. Don't run from it. Don't get all pissed off. Get your feelings hurt. Win it. Own it. Dominate. Let that guy fight like hell for his time. It doesn't matter. You're making each, each other better. Somebody will win it. Somebody will lose it. There'll be an initial sting for the loser. But you can play a lot of football. If you're either one of those two guys, you're going to play a ton of football. If I'm, I'm talking as if we're assuming we're going to get this player. I'm not assuming that. But I like our chances. And I'm very excited about the possibility. of it. Yeah, and I, I think, again, whether he's a part of the roster or not, it's just that's one position group. But you think yeah. about the running back room and the battle for the reps in that room. And even a tight end to a degree. They've got three different types of players, so they're all going to see the field because of the different formations that we want to roll out. But that's a crazy battle. Offensive line, that's not a settled matter coming out of camp. Robert Scott's going to be back in the rotation. He's got to earn that right. Yeah, I think he will. It. Yeah, he's going to have to fight. But the second tackle job, let's just say that Robert does lock down left tackle. The battle for the second tackle job is going to be crazy for three weeks. Defensive interior, who wants to start? Who wants to be our starter? We know we're going to rotate a bunch of you, but who's going to be the starter this weekend? Defensive end, corner, safe. You do it. You name it. You go down the line. That competition is going to be so urgent, and it's going to be player-driven, which is different from years past. It hasn't been player-driven. It's been coach-driven. Hopefully it's that way for the next 10 years. That's just commonplace for winning programs, programs that fight for playoff spots every year, win conference championships, find themselves in the playoffs. It's just what we expect. gets to a place where you're not even talking about it because it's an assumption and it's a fair one. There's no doubt that buying a home can feel overwhelming, especially if it's your first home. You're worried about location, school zones, square footage, inspections, insurance, loan approvals, interest rates, and interest rates, and of course the price. Buying a home could be the most significant investment you've ever made, but there's good news. You have our friends at Legendary Home Loans on your side, in your corner, going to bat for you. That's Shannon Young from Legendary Home Loans. He can help first-time home buyers get up to $25,000 for your down payment. For first responders, veterans, teachers, military, and healthcare workers. That's not all. Shannon is an expert in the home loan terrain. You can trust that he's going to get 
most competitive interest rates for you and guide you through the process every step of the way. Shannon will also get your closing costs reduced. It's the Hometown Heroes Program at Legendary Home Loans. Give them a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Go to FSUHomeLoans.com and ask for Shannon Young. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. God, tomorrow is the, uh, and down the stretch they come. My favorite part of the whole race is just that. I've said that before on the show, that when the Kentucky Derby runs, all I really care about is the moment in which the play-by-play man says, and down the stretch they come. I can't do it right now. I'm throwing, is hanging in by a thread. I have to ask our Australian friend uh, who to pick. He likes the ponies. He likes the ponies? Oh, yeah, big time. You know, for as for as much as I like most facets of gambling in the strategies and philosophies behind certain choices, I've never understood horse racing. And what I mean by that, my dad's big into horse racing. When he when they moved from Pennsylvania, they moved to uh when he was a kid, they moved to Hialeah in Miami. He went to Hialeah High. And uh he and Eddie Agramonte can have that conversation. But uh he used to work uh, at a furniture store owned by this Cuban gentleman who, at the time my dad started to work for him, could barely speak English, and they became fast friends to the point where my dad had to cover for him when he'd go to the track because the guy's wife would come to see him during lunchtime, and he'd be at the track. And my dad loved this guy. guy gave my dad a job, and he, he watched as he became a big part of the community, learned English, Worked his ass off and had a really successful furniture store. But his vice was that he loved the ponies and he loved he loved to bet on the track. He, dogs, horses, and high life, which I think is awesome. I would have loved this guy. My dad's described him a lot. But he learned so much, my dad did, about the horses. To the point where to, even today, now he, didn't, he doesn't gamble, but even today he can sit down and talk to you about the, the history of horse racing, the significance of certain trainers and horses and styles and tracks and everything. I don't know a thing about it. It's like one of the few sports, admittedly, that people celebrate in this country even a little bit that I don't know anything about. I know I don't know anything about breeding horses. I mean, I can figure out, uh, you know, 
Got to set them out to stud. Yeah, I mean, I can figure it out. Genetics, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know anything about the sport. I don't know like how people sit down at a track and figure out who they're going to bet. Don't know anything about it. I like the different types of bets, and I I always read up right before the derby. Uh, oh well, you got to bet this to win this, and this is the trifecta, and this is whatever. I know those things. I know what they mean. I know what I win if I if I hit, but I don't know how you decide. It's a horse. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to have somebody on the inside telling you this is a really fast horse. Okay, so the fast one. I'm going to bet on the fast one. Yeah, he's been the fastest so far. All right, I, I bet on him. He seems to be really fast. Like, it wouldn't take much in their heyday to be like, I think I'm going to bet on Ben Johnson. Seems pretty fast. Seems like I'm going to bet him. He really... He's got a lot of speed. Uh, I'm going to go with Carl Lewis. A little Carl Lewis here. He seems pretty fast. <laughs> go with him. Like, is it the same thing? Is there just a horse that is faster than everybody else and routinely shows it all throughout these insignificant races that nobody pays attention to that aren't named the Kentucky Derby? But then he's also got Giuseppe Francesco. He's the jockey. See? You know, so these, these horses, it's 50-50, but old Giuseppe, if you're going to pick one, Giuseppe knows how to win at Churchill Downs. I don't know. You know, it's like, I've just never, under, I've never figured it out. It seems to me that would be an easy, I mean, you don't get good odds on the favorite. <laughs> what them horses doing segment on the JCS? Never that jibber jabber, Jeff. What them horses doing? I'd like to know. I mean, generally speaking, obviously there are favorites. We see the odds. We know. Well, obviously, this guy's favored to win. But then there are, well, if you look here, they're shorting this. Here's why. Why? He's never won a race. The temperature was above 78 degrees, and tomorrow it's going to be 88. Oh, well. Thought he was fast. <laughs> Doesn't like the heat. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. That's why the number dipped from 8 to 1 to 12 to 1. Forecast inside the 24-hour window. I spend the entire time watching the Kentucky Derby, hoping that one of the horses doesn't break their leg. That's a, that's the that is my entirety of watching the Kentucky Derby. I'm like, hope nobody breaks their leg. Sometimes I hope that some of the um, over-the-top, pompous, pretentious, worst people in the world that you see in the stands, the entirety of the grandstand, right? That a horse would jump in there and kill somebody. Like, I root for that. Like, go careening off the course of the way a tire does a, a race car occasionally. Just goes flying into the stands. I'm like, all right, there you go. But that never really happens. What's 1% of dead? <laughs> um, I am curious. What horse would the Alabama baseball coach bet on? I don't think he's got that kind of insight. Can't sit a jockey. The last second and throw a guy out there that hasn't raced in two years. Well, he may be doubling down this weekend, though. You never know. I haven't paid, and just like last year, I haven't paid a, uh, I haven't paid attention to any any race races or or, or horses or, or jockeys since last year's Kentucky Derby. For for the longest time, until we had a Triple Crown winner in my lifetime. All I did was root for somebody to win the Triple Crown because I wanted to be alive when somebody won the Triple Crown. Then somebody won the Triple Crown. I'm like, all right, it's happened. 
Remember when Smarty Jones wasn't able to do it because of Birdstone? See, there you go. That's real knowledge. Well, that was a, uh, like a, 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 they filed a complaint, right? Oh, did they? I don't what know. was the one that filed the complaint? There was one where they, somebody bumped somebody. They said, ah, you bumped him. Can't count it. You lose. And then it was upheld. Like the, the bumping happened and they, did, they didn't get credit. They got screwed. Remember that was 04 because uh, there was some play on words because Smarty Jones was from Philadelphia and the Lightning were playing Philly yeah, in the yeah. series. And so they showed those videos as kind of a screw you to Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't know anything about the sport. I, I, I don't. I have to call my dad say, who, who you got? Who you like? Is the uh, is the is that North Dakota or South Dakota? <laughs> oh, South Dakota was his brother. Is that uh, slime ball Bob Baffert out of the sport? I'm sure he's back. The Ric Flair. I get so tired racing. of seeing Bob Baffert's white hair and sunglasses, Woo. knowing that he's just filling them full of steroids, and cheating his ass off, and finally got caught and kicked out. But then again, I thought to myself that, uh, well. I'm sure he's just the best of the cheating bastards that are involved in horse racing. Like, I can't imagine anybody's on the up and up. Like, the Fraunhofer is uh, of horse I racing. I don't understand. Why are they so fast? He's the fastest <laughs> horse naturally grown and cultivated. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how he it's turned true. into Mustafa from uh, mm. Austin Powers there. My favorite part of the Kentucky Derby. Besides, and down the stretch, they they go, they come. I'm about to cough, sorry. Butchered that because I can't speak. Sounds like an old morning show we used to have oh, on man. the ESPN station. My favorite part of the race is watching Clark, my youngest son, who I'm going to have to monitor for the rest of my life. He has got the gambling bug. He's a player. He loves it. On Grand Theft Auto. Oh, no. He goes into any of the gambling establishments and sits for hours and bets on poker and blackjack. And he's gotten good. He'll take 50 grand in there and walk out with 30 million. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, these guys, they don't know what they're doing, Dad. So you can play poker mm -hmm. against people in the Grand Theft Auto world? Mm -hmm. Blackjack, mainly. I've only, Jeez. yeah. Oh, blackjack. Okay. He, he goes online, so it's not against other humans. You're, you're. It's it's you know it's AI. You're up against, and he just he's learned the percentages. He's learned the game just doing that on Grand Theft Auto. And he wears a suit. He's like decked out. He walks in there and sits down, engages with all of them, gambles for hours. I'll walk in there. He's still gambling. I'm like, what are you gambling for? I want to buy a new car. I'm up three hundred thousand dollars, and there's a sweet ride I'm going to buy when I get to five hundred. He's like in you're it. Right. This is not, you're going to have to monitor him through college. You're going to have to monitor him for the rest of your life. That's what I said. That is true. I didn't believe that. I thought that was overstating until you described that he goes into the Grand Theft Auto world and plays virtual blackjack. What in the world, sir? Gets after it. And then when I gamble, he wants to know what my bets are. And I learned long ago not to hide these things to make sure that I get it out there in the open so that he understands there's risk and that, you know. There are ways to do this and not do this and all that good stuff. But, I, yeah, I used to <laughs> – I, there was a site that I played blackjack on and gambled online. And, and I'll never forget, Clark would sit down and watch me. And he was young at this age, and I was telling him 
well, look, son, you know, this is why we're not going to hit here. And I was explaining the odds. And we're playing, and Christy overheard it. She said, what are you doing in there? What are you doing? Because I was on my laptop. Like, nothing. And then Clark, because he was too little to be discreet, you should hit there. Son, shh. Christy comes in the other room. Hit what? Nothing. Should have hit there. <laughs> then he'd get mad. He'd be like, uh, they're screwing you, Dad. Get off the game. That's nonsense. Every time you get to 20, somehow the dealer hits 21 on the nose. Yeah, from 13, yeah. find a way. Yeah. Yeah, five and a three. You're like, really? Well, amazing. You got exactly what you needed there, did you? But I told him, you know, that's the way it works sometimes. In real life, too, son, when you're at the table, get on these runs. It hurts your feelings. Or it's exhilarating. It's awesome. And he fist bump and I close the computer. <laughs> oh. You better have an emergency fund stacked away for the first time that he goes somewhere because he's going to need a plane ticket to get home. It's kind of the one thing that, you know, like everything – when kids are learning something, it's new all the time. So with mainly in my house, if it's, you know, it's whether it's movies or music or sport or whatever it is, and you're explaining these things and talking about genres and all this other stuff. That's the one thing, the, the gambling thing where he has stayed really consistent where he'll walk in the room. And the first question he has is, isn't who is who's playing. Do you have anything on this game? Most of the time, the answer is no, I don't gamble every day. I don't gamble all that much. I know it sounds like it. I like it. I'm intrigued by it. But most of the time, the answer is no. But when I do and I say yes, he's like, ooh. Okay, I'll watch with now you. He's now he's going to sit yeah. down and watch. Now he's going to go leave, but yeah. I'll sit down. You're giving seven? What are they up? Nine? Whoa. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Well, this is actually kind of cool. We'll get into this right off the bat. We've got, let's see, one, two, three. Yep, there it is. How about that, Tom? DraftKings has released the total odds for ACC teams for the 2023 season. And the list goes like this. Win total odds for ACC teams. Let's just start with these win totals. Got a guess? Anybody got a guess on the chat? Highest win total predicted here? It's 10. 10 flat. 10 flat. Interesting. That 10 belongs to Florida State. Whoa. Florida State. Not two teams? Florida State. Really? Clemson's nine and a half. Holy smokes. North Carolina, eight and a half. Louisville, seven and a half. 
Kane's sorry ass, a very wishful, hopeful, far-reaching seven and a half. NC State, six and a half. Syracuse, six and a half. Duke, six and a half. Pitt, six and a half. Wake, five and a half. Oh, buddy. Remember I was talking about running up? BC, five and a half. Ba Tech, four and a half. Where have all the good times gone? Virginia Tech, Jesus. They're in that, that phase, that lost decade, that falling off a cliff, whatever happened to phase for Virginia Tech, four and a half. Georgia Tech's at four and Virginia, three and a half. Good God. Year two under Tony Elliott. Thanks for the three and a half. We'll see. Um, that's exciting. Okay, I've already got a play I like, not Florida State related, but what do you think about the 10 as a number for FSU? That's what we all care about. What do you think? So, by the way, by the way, Alabama's a 10 and a half. If you're looking at... Yeah. That makes sense. This schedule for the ACC side of it for Florida State is laid out as nicely as it possibly could be. Equal juice on either side, by the way, minus 110. Okay, that usually is a factor. Yeah. But how do you feel about it? First blush, 10. Would you make the play as you are clearing your throat and your nose? Would you make the play? And if so, do you feel confident that it is an over? Or yeah, an it's it's a push. I don't think it's going to be a loss. Um, so you make the play because I make it's the play. not 10 and a hook. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just a push. Minus 110, either side. There's no juice to either side. The path to a loss is Jordan getting hurt, right? That's it. You're trying Because when you're trying to play something like this, you got to see how can I lose? How can I see this improperly? Well, I think getting back to the point of the schedule, like we can focus on just how good Florida State is, but that's the wrong angle. Florida State, even by virtue of what you saw last year and what's coming back, returning starters, the significance of a quarterback trajectory of the program when you look at SP plus and all those numbers, right? You can look at any number of things to evaluate how good you think Florida State is and whether you think that's overrated, underrated, it's sort of irrelevant here because I think the, the overriding factor we need to look at is the other teams on their schedule, the ACC. It, it, it's, it's a bad conference. This is not a strong league. Yeah, you got to play Clemson on the road. Okay, so just assume, I, I don't assume, but for the purposes of the exercise, assume that's a loss. And then assume you lose to LSU, I guess, if you want. The, the only way you lose the bet is if you have an upset in one of these other games, in, in, in a game that you're favored. You can. I mean, upsets happen. I mean, you certainly could lose the game. You're also making an assumption you're going to lose both those games. I'm not making that assumption either. I think somewhere in between is probably the truth. You'll lose one of those games, and you may get upset somewhere, but you're going to get to 10 wins. So at minus 110, either way, you like the value of this pick, and you'd make yeah, the play on the I over. Th- yeah, I think I would. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think I would. What about a 10.5? <laughs> would you still have made the play? I don't think so. 
Okay, because the ten's almost like an insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're covered in yeah. a doomsday scenario. I haven't done my numbers but yet, but I don't, you know, yeah. if Jordan gets hurt, a lot of this is is out the window. Oh, most it's all out, out the, the window. window. Yeah, but that's true for most teams. That's true. Louisville at seven and a half interested me. I thought about taking the over for sure, but well, it's all about that first month of the it's season. The worst schedule in freaking college football. It's a little bit more difficult than I remembered, but it's not crazy difficult. But their first month is Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, BC. Come on. We should be starting off 4-0, yeah? Yeah, and by the way, that's also minus 110 to the over and the under. Same thing, no juice either way. From there, it's at NC State, eh, hosting Notre Dame, probably not. Well, buddy, now that the greatest linebacker to ever play in the ACC has <laughs> moved on. Well, okay, call that a coin flip. Notre Dame's coming to town. They're not going to beat Notre Dame, right? Louisville? Uh, at Pitt? Probably not, but that's not a great Notre Dame team. Louisville at Pitt the following week? What do you think? I, uh, Pitt, I, I'm, I'm worried about Pitt. I think they're going to be good. Yep, yep, yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. They'll be solid, right? Mm -hmm. Which is better be than what solid. Louisville is in a transitional phase. They brought in a ton of dudes from the portal. They feel good about it. We're trying to get to eight here. They host Duke after that. Duke is kind of tough, right? For, for at the Louisville level, isn't that it? They toughie. they're well coached. They played well last year. I, I still don't think they have a whole, uh, you know, a lot of depth of talent. They host Virginia Tech and Virginia back to back weeks. Both wins. All right, so you're at six minimum mm -hmm. with a couple of coin flips. They travel to Miami in November. They'll probably lose that game. Also known as Dovember. <laughs> you sure? That's Miami in November. I'm not, I, you That's know, the Miami if Hurricanes I'm, playing if I'm football to, in November. If I'm trying to get to where, how do I lose the bet? Yeah, and then they, they close with Kentucky. So you feel like there are five to six sure wins. they got to win three of the remaining. That's actually, initially, you think about Louisville and the schedule being easy. Maybe it's not so easy for the Cardinals. Maybe not. Florida at Utah in 117 days is a 10-point game. The spread is Utah minus 10. Ooh, how little do they think of Florida? Who just beat Utah a year ago while we were in New Orleans. That they did. It's good, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I watched these dudes fall all over themselves watching the end of that game. Did you remember that Texas plays Alabama? Yeah, it's the return match in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah. 126 days. That would be Alabama minus 10.5? 7.5. That's it? Mm. Breaking in a new quarterback, no Bryce Young. Texas quarterback situation looked really good for Quinn Ewers' time before he got hurt, and since then it's been a little murky. Been a little murky for the Longhorns. How big a favorite you think TCU is over uh, Deion Sanders' 67-man uh, roster at Colorado? You know, I might be giving Colorado too much credit here, but 17 and a half. It's 20 and a half. Okay. All right. Not quite dialed in yet. It's fun doing this late in the show on a Friday. I hadn't done it in a while, but uh, it gets the juices flowing. We're talking about college football 20. games and odds. 20 and a half. What do you think? Lay them and laugh? I'm, lay, uh, I'm laying a 20 and a half, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I may lay up to – I'd lay up to – I'm going to lay up to 23 and a half. Okay, but you wouldn't go to 27. I don't think so. I need a little time. I'm going to digest – where we're at, but yeah. What's your next move in about oh, 10 minutes' time? Are you uh, <laughs> you doing some studying here? Are you You're gonna make solving me start for your own future? Yeah, I, may, I might be from our friends at ISF. 
Let's solve for the future. Texas A&M minus six and a half against the Canes in 126 days. Wow. A&M minus six and a half? Mm. I'd probably take the Canes plus the six and a half. Wouldn't you? Dysfunction galore. Uh, both both programs. And the better quarterback is where? I think Miami. They found a way to retain Tyler Van Dyke. I wonder how many Even reasons. though he hates being there and no, didn't look good last year. New offense. Brand new offense. All but said that the home stadium might as well just, you know. Not exist. Let, let's play at our, at our indoor practice facility with not enough yardage. I'd rather play there. Well, we're meeting you and I with our friends from ISF next Wednesday, and I look forward to it. We'll have to ask them about their vision, and collaborate in order to solve the future. I'll bring, and if you're listening, Jonathan, I'll bring to the table when we sit down and have our wonderful business lunch, eight games. I want you to solve for the future. Now we're really (laughs) collaborative, buddy. I'm not just telling people about ISF's expertise, state government solving the future through strategy, process, technology. No, I want your answers for these games, buddy. Got any others? Oh, yeah, it's fun, isn't it? What else you got? All right. So you're going to make me go back here? All right. Get the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> well, our game went from one and a half to a pick em at DraftKings. Okay. I'm just taking random games at different times. Well, that one and a half would have mattered last year. Could you imagine? I oh. know. Tennessee is favored by seven and a half at Florida. Tennessee. Lame and laugh. Well. No hidden hooker, no top receiver. They no. feel very good about their quarterback situation up there. That the offense is it's more about the system than it is the quarterback per se. That this will be a test this year. We'll find but, out. You know, I think if they score 17, they might cover. Floor is in trouble offensively. North Carolina's favored by two over South Carolina. By just two. You think about that, Mac Brown. You think about that. You've got a top five overall pick consensus, probably top two. Drake and- May, yeah. And you are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. That's it. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine. Um, I Well, it's fun because I know I told you that game, a couple of these games, 117, 115, 116 days out. Buddy, do you realize? I mean, you're going to blink, and we're going to have less than 100 days. When we start getting to 99 days, it's all, all over. It's it's all over. How much time we have left here? I got time to get these probables? You do. You got two and a half minutes. Let me thank my friends at Power Mill Training Academy, powering performance for your little guy or gal. Maybe she's a softball player, dreams of going to play in the Olympics or college, whatever it might be. Or maybe she just wants to have fun playing at the age she is now and get the most out of her abilities. If you're a young man playing baseball on the cusp of maybe taking it up a notch and want to make sure you have all the preparation needed to succeed and have fun playing the game. Maybe you're already really good. Maybe you're somebody who is still trying to uh, aspire to play in the majors. Hell, there's 27 alumni in the majors from Power Mill already. Camps over the summer. Check them out, powermillsports.com. Probable, sir. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Marlins, Cubs, Eduardo Cabrera, and Justin Steele. Blue Jays, Pirates, Chris Bassett, Rich Hill. We've got White Sox, Reds, Lance Lynn, Hunter Green. Not going to make it. <laughs> this cough is killing me. you got to be on the alert. Be ready Sorry. to whistle. I was fighting my allergies while you were coughing. <laughs> Yankees, Rays, Johnny Brito, Yanni Torinos. we got the Red Sox and the Phillies, Chris Sales, Zach Wheeler, Rockies, Mets, Antonio Sensatella. Cody Senga. Senga-san. Twins, Guardians, Bailey over. 
Patton Battenfield. Oh, boy. Pat Peyton Battenfield. Sorry, that's even worse. Orioles, Braves, Dean Creamer, Max Freed. A's, Royals, Kyle Mueller, Brad Keller, Matthew Boyd, Jordan Montgomery, Tigers, Cardinals in that matchup. Rangers, Angels, Dane Dunning, Tyler Anderson. Anderson. Nats, D-backs, Josiah Gray and Merrill Kelly. Dodgers, Padres, Clayton Kershaw, Hugh Darvish. Astros, Mariners, Christian Javier. Luis Castillo, and finally, Brewers, Giants, Corbin Burns, Sean Manaya. I made it through, and that's a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Reminder, kids, no show on Monday. Back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. No show Monday, but back with you strong on Tuesday. And, uh, hey, good work out of you, Tom. Good work, Director Matthew. Have a killer time on Monday. Ah, uh, well played, sir. Well played. Uh, you guys have a great weekend. Thanks. It was fun with you guys, as always. I'll talk to you again real soon. Peace.